Good morning. Uh, it's so good. It's good to be with you. It's good to gather like this in the presence of the Lord. What a privilege. What a privilege. And I just, my prayer is that we wouldn't ever get so used to this that it just becomes, you know, routine, run-of-the-mill. Do you believe that God could have something to say to you today, that there's something he wants to say to you today? Because there is. He has something to say to you and me. Let's pray and ask him to do that and open our ears to hear what he would say. Father, it's an unspeakable privilege to gather like this and enter into your presence. Thank you for the freedom we have to do that. And Lord, we don't want to take this moment for granted because we might not always have it. We just want to thank you for your grace and we want to thank you for your word that speaks to us of life and joy. Help us hear your word. Fill us with your spirit. Open our eyes to see the glory of Jesus maybe like we never have. We pray in his name. Amen. I invite you to take a Bible and turn to Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Luke 9, 23, 24. Luke is the third of the four biographies we have of Jesus in our Bibles. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to look at, come back to a passage we started to look at last week. Before we get there, um, I want you to think for a minute about the word anyone. Anyone. Have you noticed that when people say the word anyone very often in our world, they don't really mean anyone? So you're, you know, seeing a commercial for a car dealership and it says, anyone can buy a car here. Hey, that sounds great. Then you look at the fine print and you discover that anyone actually means certain people with a certain credit score. It's not really anyone. Or maybe you hear an ad for a new cell phone plan. Anyone can save money with this plan. And then you go in and you discover, no, not really. Anyone only refers to a select group of customers. It seems that very often uh, when people say, anyone is welcome, anyone can get on in this deal, they don't really mean anyone. Well, in Luke 9, 23 and 24... Jesus turns to some people who are considering becoming his followers. And he says this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake We'll save it. So when making this invitation to potential followers, Jesus specifically invites anyone. What does he mean? What did Jesus mean when he said anyone could be his follower? Let's unpack that. Let's think that through. 
I think the first thing to say is that anyone means anyone. Anyone means anyone. Seems obvious. But over the years, we may have gotten to the point when when even Jesus says the word anyone, we might be thinking, yeah, right. What's the catch? There's no catch. There's no small print. There are no exclusions. When Jesus said anyone, he actually meant anyone. Right after he says anyone, he says whoever. Do you see that? Reminds me of John 3.16. One of the clearest expressions we have in all of the Bible of the good news, the gospel, the good news about Jesus John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whoever means anyone. Anyone means whoever. And you know, all you had to do was look at the guys who had become followers of Jesus to know that when he said anyone, He really meant anyone because these guys were a big bunch of whoever's. (laughs) Anyone who wants to be his follower can be his follower. I I don't know if that sounds amazing to you. I I don't know if when you hear that, that just sounds like a, a really radical thing for Jesus to say that anyone can be one of his followers. And if it doesn't sound radical, if it doesn't, you know, just sound amazing to you, I think that's probably because you have grown up in a culture that makes a a lot of, you know, puts a lot of emphasis on freedom and equal opportunity. But you need to know that is not the culture Jesus was living in. That is not the culture of the people he was speaking to. This idea of equal opportunity for anyone would have been a very foreign concept to them. You have to understand that to his society, Jesus was basically a rabbi. He was an unconventional rabbi, uh, but a rabbi nonetheless. A rabbi was a teacher of God's word. And uh, at that time, that would have been the Hebrew Bible, what we call our Old Testament. And rabbis had an extensive, thorough, profound knowledge of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the prophets, and what are called the writings, including books like Psalms and Proverbs. These guys were special because their knowledge of Scripture, of God's Word, was was just profound. These guys knew their Bible the way you know your address or your social security number or something. And rabbis were also special because they had a group of students. They were called Talmids. Talmid basically translates to disciple or student. So essentially every rabbi had a group, a class of students. And this was a very select group. Most people could not make the cut to become a Talmid of a rabbi. 
and so most ended up learning some sort of trade, probably passed down through their family, stonemason, fisherman, tradesman, something. And those who wanted to become, you know, when they were young, they just aspired to be the Talmud of a certain rabbi, they had to go through an application process, basically. Uh, and there were hefty prerequisites before you could even be considered. Kind of like today, you know, with GPA scores and transcripts and, and test scores. Um, if you wanted to, you know, if you want to get into an elite college or a university, there's a pretty serious prerequisite. If you want to go to Harvard, for example, you pretty much need a 4.0. You need about a 32 on your ACT, probably at least a 2300 on your SAT. And if you don't have those kind of stats, forget it. You're not getting in. Well, it was kind of that situation if you wanted to become a Talmud, particularly of one of the prestigious rabbis. You had to have an impressive knowledge of Scripture already before you even became a student. You know, and so the rabbi would quiz a prospective Talmud and say, okay, quote for me uh, the book of Genesis. Or tell me how many times the name of the Lord is used in Leviticus. Things like this. It was intense. Um, but the rabbi had to be thorough because the excellence of the student reflected the excellence of the rabbi. And if, 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 uh, if a rabbi let just anybody in, it was clear he was not prestigious. He was not elite. But on the other hand, if he had a very brilliant group of Talmuds, well, then that really enhanced his reputation. He would be highly admired and respected. That's how the system worked. That's what the people were used to, that kind of thinking about rabbis, teachers, and their Talmuds, their disciples. Well, then along comes Jesus. And he doesn't seem to care about the system at all. For instance, take a look at what Jesus did in Luke 5.27. So a few chapters earlier than we started, Luke 5. It says, after this, he, Jesus, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. Does that shock you? Does this kind of make your head explode? Well, maybe you don't know about the reputation tax collectors had in that culture. And, and if you don't, you just need to realize that to say that a rabbi, a teacher, would invite a tax collector to become one of his followers, well, to say that would be surprising, would be a massive understatement. More like completely shocking. Kind of like if you were reading in your Bible and it, you're just reading along and it said, and then Jesus went out and he saw a drug dealer. And he said to the drug dealer, follow me. You'd go, what? And that's, that's what it was like. Totally shocking. See, tax collectors weren't good Bible students. They, they were considered disloyal dirtbags to the Jewish people. Nobody hung around with tax collectors, except other tax collectors, and others equally socially undesirable. So, 
word gets out, you know, word starts getting around about this new rabbi who seems to be picking followers pretty much at random. And people start to wonder, what, what is going on? So they come to check him out. They come to listen to him teach, hear what this unconventional teacher named Jesus had to say. And his teaching is just amazing. Just blows them away. I mean, if you were here when we were going through the Sermon on the Mount, you remember, it says the people were astonished at his teaching. They'd never heard anyone teach like this. This is one incredible teacher. And then they look at his disciples, and they are scratching their heads, and they're thinking, what, are you serious? These guys? These guys are his Talmuds? These guys are his disciples? And these guys are nobodies. Well, those two, those used to be fishermen. And those two guys, those are political hotheads. And that guy, That guy's a tax collector. They just shook their heads. And then they hear Jesus give the invitation. If anyone would come after me. And maybe it started to sink in. Maybe some of them began to realize that when he said anyone... He really meant anyone. And maybe some of them who had given up this dream of ever following a rabbi and really learning God's word, maybe some of them were wondering if they'd be welcome in this new group. Because when Jesus said anyone, he meant anyone. But I think he meant more than that. I think he meant more than that. Because if anyone is welcome, that means everyone is welcome. Anyone means everyone. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. Anyone means everyone. I especially want you to think about it if you've been part of church for a while, especially if you've been part of church for a long while, because this has really important implications. For those of us who are basically responsible to keep extending Jesus' invitation to anyone. Because it's possible, even though we might not actually say it, even though we might not even allow ourselves to think it, deep down inside we may harbor this conviction that you know, really, becoming Jesus' follower isn't for everyone, or not necessarily anyone, especially if everyone started coming to our church. I mean, let's admit it. Let's just be honest. We get comfortable with what we're used to. We do. It's just human nature. I speak as a human. We get comfortable with what we're used to. And when we get comfortable with what we're used to, we don't necessarily love it when things change. We usually prefer that things stay the way they are. And we even prefer that things stay the way they are in church. Here's the problem with that, though. 
the way things are then becomes the way things should be. Say, hey, we, we, we shouldn't do that. Why not? Well, that's not the way it is, or that's not the way it's been. The way things are becomes the way things should be. And then the way things should be basically becomes a list of qualifications. And people need to be kind of like us just in order to get in the door. I think Jesus knew that's how things would go. I think Jesus knows that's how people are. And I think Luke 9.23 reminds us that we should not take it upon ourselves to pre-qualify people as to whether or not they can become a follower of Jesus. It's not our job to pre-qualify people. When Jesus said anyone, he meant anyone. And if anyone is welcome to follow him, that means everyone is welcome to follow him, even if they're not like me. Now, I should explain this. I should explain what I mean by this idea of qualifications, because uh, qualifications for following Jesus, because you might be looking here at 923, Luke 9.23, and you say, well, this is full of qualifications. But Jesus says that following him essentially requires trusting him with your whole life. He talks about denying ourselves and taking up our crosses daily and even losing our lives for his sake. And you know, as we're going through this series, this Not a Fan series, that's what we're really giving most of our attention to. What did Jesus mean by that? What did he mean? What, this, this fact that being a follower of Jesus is different from being just a fan of Jesus. So we're thinking that through. And so I suppose somebody could say, well, trusting Jesus with your whole life is a qualification for being one of his followers. But that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I mean. When I say that we shouldn't pre-qualify people for being Jesus followers, that's not it. I'm saying Jesus invited anyone, and he really meant anyone, whether or not people actually want to follow him, that is an individual decision that each one of us has to make. But it's not our job to pre-qualify people who's, who are worthy or entitled in order to become Jesus followers to even get in the door. Jesus' invitation is not exclusive to only certain people. You know, only to certain people who have a certain moral standard or only people who, you know, uh, have grown up in church or only people who, you know, aren't icky. His invitation is not exclusive. It is not for just certain qualified people. That's what I'm saying. I think, think about it this way. I want you to think about the world of credit cards for a minute. Okay. Rich, change the slide. Does anybody have one of these in their wallet or purse today? If you can't read it, it says the first Royale MasterCard of Dubai. Anybody got one of those? Anybody? I see no hands. I'm really not surprised. In fact, if somebody had had one, I would have been completely shocked. Because in order to qualify 
in order to qualify for this card, to even get invited to have one of these cards, you have to live in the United Arab Emirates, and you have to be among the 200 wealthiest customers of the First Bank of Dubai. And those people are basically oil tycoons, okay, sheiks with lots and lots and lots of money. That's what I mean by a qualification, though that's an extreme example. Do you know this card actually has real gold in it? And I don't know if you can see that shiny thing. That's an actual embedded diamond in the card. Okay? Allow me to break it to you. You will never... You will never get an invitation to become a First Royale MasterCard holder. Never. Because you will never meet the qualifications. But you have an invitation to become a follower of Jesus Christ because there are no qualifications. None. See, that's the point of the cross and the empty tomb. His death and his resurrection. Jesus did the qualification. He met the qualifications on our behalf. He fulfilled the qualifications. It's not about our righteousness. It's about his. It's not about our holiness. It's about his. It's not about our acceptability to God. It's about his. He met the qualifications, so there are no qualifications. You don't have to qualify. Jesus did away with the application process. He got rid of the prerequisites. He eliminated the prequalifications. And he did more. When he eliminated the qualifications, when Jesus said anyone, he also got rid of the excuses. Anyone means no excuses. None. See, when Jesus invited anyone to follow him, he wasn't just breaking down social barriers, which he did, the kind of barriers that might keep some people from, you know, getting to know God. But he also got rid of all the excuses that different people were hiding behind. So now the tradesman, he's, he's got no excuse for not learning about the Scripture from a rabbi. Now the dropout student couldn't keep complaining about uh, that one teacher he had who gave him that terrible grade on that test and just, you know, destroyed his GPA. And the mother of four couldn't say, well, I'm just too busy. I don't have a chance to learn from a rabbi. It's just all the excuses go away when Jesus says anyone. Do you have any excuses? Do you have any excuses for not following Jesus? For not having a relationship with him. See, some of you might be saying you're holding off on following because you're too busy right now. And maybe later, but right now I'm too busy. Too busy putting in too many hours of work. Or, you know, with this tough economy, I had to get a second job. Or, you know, the marriage has been kind of tough lately, needing a lot of my attention. Or the kids, man, the kids are so needy right now. I've really got to just give them all this extra time and attention. I'm too busy to follow Jesus right now. Or maybe another kind of excuse, 
maybe putting off a relationship with Christ, putting off following him because yeah, maybe you've got a past or even a present you're not proud of, you're ashamed. So it's, it's the baggage of an addiction or a divorce or bankruptcy or who knows what. And it's easy to hide behind those excuses. And I mean, who's going to argue with somebody who's been through a, some kind of tragedy, some emotional upheaval? But see, Jesus gets rid of all the excuses when he says anyone. Anyone can be a follower of Jesus. Anyone is welcome. So what about somebody who's just lived a really immoral life? Anyone. Hell, what about an ex-con? Anyone. What about an addict? Anyone. What about somebody who's been through a divorce or two or three? Anyone. What about a legalist? A Pharisee? Anyone. Anyone. He said anyone. He means anyone. No excuses. And if you think I'm exaggerating, you know, if you think I'm just, you know, saying this because it sounds impressive, you need to know this is, this is not me. I didn't come up with this anyone idea. This is Jesus. All you have to do is go, you know, Look at the people Jesus was constantly reaching out to. Look at the people he was constantly inviting to become one of his followers, to know that I'm not making this up. You know, let's go back to that incident where Jesus invited Levi, the tax collector, to follow him. Here's what it says right after Jesus gave him that invitation. Follow me. And leaving everything, he, Levi, rose and followed him. And Levi made a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of... Tax collectors and others reclining at table. He's eating with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He's not inviting the righteous to be his followers. He's inviting sinners. He's inviting sinners to leave their past and to trust him and follow him. See, there really isn't any point in inviting the righteous to follow Jesus. One, because there aren't any. (laughs) Really. There are no righteous, at least not righteous enough. But two, people who think they're righteous, people who really think they're righteous, don't think they need Jesus. They don't think that. Why follow him? Do you realize what might happen if we really consistently extended Jesus' invitation to anyone, to everyone? Think about what that might mean. You know, you might find yourself sitting next to somebody 
who has a past you don't approve of, or they've been involved in things you'd be embarrassed to hear about. But see, this brings up another difference between followers of Jesus and fans of Jesus. Fans don't really want to deal with people like that. Fans prefer not to know. Fans want things to be shallow, superficial, and comfortable. But followers, followers are willing to listen. Followers are willing to hear stories of brokenness and to welcome people with open arms and help them experience the redeeming, transforming love and truth of Jesus. It's not comfortable. It's hard. But it's what Jesus calls us to do. And this brings up one more point about anyone. And this one is absolutely crucial to make sure that we help everyone, brand new believers, long-time believers, helping everyone move toward a completely committed relationship with Jesus. And that is, it's anyone, but it's everything. It's anyone, but it's everything. So when Jesus makes his invitation, he welcomes anyone who would come after him. But he also makes it clear that when you choose to follow him, when you choose to follow him, you give up the right to your life as you have known it. So it's anyone, but it's everything. See, when a Talmud was finally accepted into a rabbi school, they would leave their homes, leave their jobs, leave their families, parents. They would go and follow the rabbi, and they would literally follow the rabbi wherever he went. So if he went to the market, they went to the market. If he went to a different town, they went to a different town. If he went and visited the sick, they went and visited the sick. Wherever he went, the students followed. Now, to follow the rabbi named Jesus, well... This would cost even more because if Jesus decided to not have a home, well, then they had no home. And if uh, Jesus decided to go and mingle with unrighteous, shameful people and invite not the righteous but sinners to repentance, well, then they had to go with him and do that too. And if he chose not to flee from suffering, for the sake of God's kingdom, they would do the same. That's the invitation. The greatest teacher who ever lived, the greatest person there is, invites you to become one of his followers. He invites you to follow him. No qualifications means you have no excuses. And though he says it will cost you your life as you know it, what he will give you will so far outweigh anything that you lose, you will never be able to honestly call it a sacrifice.
Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. He offers you life. And he is the only one who can give it to you. If you try to hold on to it, your life, you will lose it. Not maybe, you will. But if you lose your life for his sake, if you give it to him and receive his life in exchange, you will find it. Are you ready to trust him for life? With your whole life? Are you ready? Are you willing to be a follower of Jesus? That's the question. Let's bow together and think about that a minute. And let's pray. And I just wonder if you sense God just speaking to your heart right now and calling you to let go of your excuses, let go of your attempt to rule your own life, and you're sensing something of the glory of Jesus, and you want what he offers you. And today you can become one of his followers. All you have to do is tell him so. Just say something like, Lord Jesus, thank you that you would invite someone like me to be one of your followers, to experience life, to be right with God, to be forgiven of all my sin because you, you did all the qualifying necessary. I can do nothing but just humbly bow before you and say, take me, and by your grace, enable me to follow you. I can't do it in myself. But Jesus, thank you for inviting me that you will do it in me and through me. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your leadership in my life. I want to be your follower. You could just tell him that right now in whatever words you would choose. He knows your heart. Or if today you'd say, wow, that just sounds so, I don't know, overwhelming, amazing, scary. I need to talk to somebody about that. Well, first I'd ask you just to pray and ask the Lord to guide, guide you to the conversations, to the information to the time of serious reflection on Jesus that you need for you to decide. Take a minute. I'm just going to be quiet for a minute and you just talk to the Lord about whatever He wants you to talk to Him about. Lord Jesus, your invitation is so amazing. Uh, I'm just afraid that maybe we don't feel how amazing it is. That you would invite lost, broken, messed up sinners to receive your unconditional forgiveness and grace 
and just follow you. God, help us, help us feel how amazing it is and stir within our hearts just a passion, a longing to believe and to follow. Lord, give us life. We need it. And Lord, if, there are anyone, if there's anyone here who just has questions or doubts or fears, Lord, just overcome those by your Spirit. Just overcome those doubts and those fears. And, and just bring them into your family. Bring them into your group. Lord, we're not very elite. We're not very select. We're so ordinary. And yet you say anyone. Help us know you mean each one of us. Thank you that we could be part of anyone. In Jesus' name, amen.